This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Time now for Eve Arden, the English teacher at Madison High, to wind up with another screwball story. This time it's all about a business course. Our Miss Brooks, transcribed and starring Eve Arden. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks, under the direction of Al Lewis. Well, many people enjoy the brisk, snappy weather of the winter season. But our Miss Brooks, who teaches English at Madison High School, is definitely anti-cold. In fact, at the last count, she was sleeping beneath 11 woolen blankets. I kept warm enough that way, but it posed quite a problem for my landlady. Yesterday, when she came in to wake me up, she couldn't find me. We solved that, though. Now when I go to bed, I slip a bookmark under the bottom blanket. <laughs> Last Friday at breakfast, I was complaining to Mrs. Davis about the temperature in the house. Now take this, dear. A nice steaming cup of coffee will warm you up in no time. Is it really hot? Piping hot. Here's your cup. Never mind the cup. Just pour it over me. <laughs> Look, Mrs. Davis, the days aren't so bad, but... Last night at 11.30, my room was absolutely freezing. You could hang meat in there. <laughs> Connie, wouldn't that mess up the wallpaper? <laughs> Besides, 11.30 seems awfully late for you to be up, Connie. You'd be a lot warmer if you got to bed earlier. I would have, but I had to finish some extra typing for Mr. Conklin. Our beloved principal has never been able to keep a secretary, you know. I know. I think it's a shame the way he takes advantage of you. This isn't school business he gives you, is it? No, most, mostly personal correspondence, reports and things. And what does Mr. Conklin give you for this work? An occasional curt nod. <laughs> well, if I were you, I'd refuse to do any more for him. In fact, when you bring in this batch today, you ought to put your foot down. I tried putting my foot down before, Mrs. Davis, but it just didn't work. Why? What did Mr. Conklin do? He stepped on it. Come in. Good morning, Mr. Conklin. I brought in those papers you had me type last night. Just put them on my desk, please. Hmm? What did you say? Perhaps you'd hear better if you'd remove those ridiculous earmuffs. What? They must have slipped down again. It's terribly chilly in school this morning, Mr. Conklin. Nonsense. It's just pleasantly brisk. Now, about these papers... I... Why, Miss Brooks, you're familiar with the rules of this institution. Why are you smoking in school? I'm not smoking. That's my breath. 
<laughs> Your breath? Yes, condensing in the pleasantly brisk air. <laughs> Mr. Conklin, are you sure there's enough coal in the furnace this morning? Well, of course. The janitor has been authorized to burn 37 lumps before noon. <laughs> but, sir, this is going to be an exceptionally cold day, and 37 lumps of coal just won't get the job done. Uh, perhaps you're right. I'll contact the furnace room handmaid phone, please. Here you are, sir. Osgood Conklin to maintenance. Osgood Conklin to maintenance. Fire lumps 38 and 39. Fire lumps 38 and 39. That is all. Ah, that should do it. Now, let's see those papers. Here they are, Mr. Conklin. I stayed up until 11.30 last night, so I'd have them finished for you. Well, I'm not unmindful of your labors in my behalf, and I want you to know that your efforts will not go unrewarded. In fact, because of your fine spirit of cooperation, I have selected you as the one who will be permitted to type up my new report to the Board of Education. I'm sorry, Mr. Conklin, but teaching English is a full-time job for me, and I just can't assume any extra duties. But somebody's got to do it. Miss Enright just turned me down, too, and... As a matter of fact, she's the one who suggested you for this honor. Oh, she did, did she? Well, let uh, me you tell you... You shouldn't Mr. speak harshly of your fellow English teacher, Miss Brooks. After all, Miss Enright is quite fond of you. Fond of me? Oh, she must be to pass such a nice compliment about you this morning. She said she considered you one of her oldest friends. She did? <laughs> and then she said she likes you as well as some of her younger friends. Force you to perform this trifling task for me, so you might as well run along to your classroom. Yes, sir. But as far as Miss Enright is concerned, careful, I would like careful, to. Careful, Miss Brooks. You're speaking of a teacher who may soon be head of the English department. What? The position is still open, you know, and for months now I've been grooming Miss Enright. Good. That should make her coat nice and shiny. <laughs> Miss Brooks, are you inferring that Miss Enright is a horse? If the shoe fits, nail it on her. Pardon me, Mr. Boynton, but I've got a free period right now, and as I recall, so have you. Oh, that's right, Miss Brooks. Is there anything I can do for you? I'd love to. That is, uh... <laughs> The real reason I dropped in here was to get away from my own classroom for a while. Sometimes I wonder if all this effort is worth anything. If I couldn't expend all this time and energy in another direction. Say, making a pleasant home for some man. The way any normal woman does. Well, you're certainly normal, Miss Brooks. Your muscular structure's good. You have a well-shaped skull. <laughs> good sound bones. And judging from your complexion, I should say your systolic circulatory system is A1. <laughs> you romantic fool, you. I wish I felt as well as your description, though. I've got a little headache from all the paperwork I've been doing. A headache? Would you like me to massage your temples a bit? That's the quickest you've ever caught on. <laughs> Please do, Mr. Boynton. All right. How does this feel? Just wonderful, Mr. Boynton. Yoo-hoo, anybody in here? Nobody but us guinea pigs. <laughs> well, it's Miss Enright. 
Miss Brooks has a little headache. I'm just massaging her temples. Oh, how humane of you. (laughs) There you go with your jokes, Miss Enright. (laughs) You're just loads of fun. Don't you think so, Miss Brooks? She's the biggest load I've ever seen. (laughs) Well, Miss Brooks, I didn't expect to find you here. I just dropped in because... I'm worn out from my morning classes. Sometimes I just don't know where I get the fuel to keep running. You didn't race your engine so much, your tank wouldn't get so low. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one, too. You girls have a lot of fun with each other, don't you? enjoy our little fencing matches when we're not too tuckered out from our work, that is. Oh, that English class of mine. Well, I must say, I don't know what's come over you women of today. You just don't seem to have the vitality and drive of our forebears. Now, take my Aunt Maddie, for example. She taught English, but she also taught mathematics, history, science, and Latin. Five subjects? Certainly. And then she'd go home and keep house for her husband and nine children. Nine children? What did she teach, night school? You, you can jest if you want to But if I found a woman like my Aunt Maddie a, a woman who held the secret to diversified interests I'd marry her tomorrow If you'll excuse me now I've got a million papers to correct And I'd better be running along too I've got to empty several waste baskets uh, but, but ladies, Goodbye, I... Goodbye, Mr. Boynton See you later, nephew <laughs> Uh, What is it you wanted to see me about, Miss Brooks? It's my work here at school, Mr. Conklin. I was wondering if you could give me another subject or two to teach. Miss Brooks, have you been sniffing too much eraser dust? (laughs) No, sir. It's just that I'd like to diversify my interests. Another class would be a labor of love. Pardon me, Mr. Conklin. uh, Hello, Miss Enright. Oh, Miss Brooks. What happened to those millions of papers you had to mark? I threw them in those wastebaskets you had to empty. (laughs) I'm uh, rather busy this morning, Miss Enright. What's on your mind? Well, Mr. Conklin, I've been thinking about my schedule here, and I've come to the conclusion that I could take on another subject. You too? But not two hours ago, you both complained about how rigorous your duties were. That was B.A.M., Mr. Conklin, before Aunt Mattie. (laughs) You might consider it strange, sir, but I... On the contrary, and it's an extremely fortuitous coincidence. I was planning to institute a course in business administration at Madison. My big problem, however, has been instructors. There are none available in this area. Uh, There are now. I mean, there is now. I'll take a shot at it. Yes, sir. You bet. Sure thing. (laughs) Not so fast, darling. Mr. Conklin, if you're interested in a business administration course, I'd like to point out that I've got a terrific background. That you don't have to point out. (laughs) Maybe you ought to sell your bicycle. (laughs) Please, please, Miss Brooks, please. Tell me about your experience, Miss Enright. Well, before I came to Madison High as an English teacher, I assisted Papa in his business. 
Papa was the head of a big collection agency at the time. I assisted my papa, too, Miss Enright. What did he do? He spent most of his time hiding from your papa. <laughs> Please, Mr. Conklin, I'll admit I'm not overly familiar with the principles of business administration, but I'll study it thoroughly in the next few days. Miss Brooks, business administration is a three-year course. How do you propose to learn it in a few short days? I'll only take a half hour for lunch. <laughs> I'm afraid you have none of the qualifications for this position, Miss Brooks. Once again, it looks like Miss Enright has the inside track. Well, all I can say is don't bet too much on her nose. It might still be a photo finish. <laughs> Colgate, Colgate Dental Cream, it cleans your breath. Water toothpaste, while it cleans your teeth. Colgate toothpaste, cleans your breath. Water toothpaste, while it cleans your teeth. Colgate Dental Cream cleans your breath while it cleans your teeth. And the Colgate way stops tooth decay best. Yes, the Colgate way is the most thoroughly proved and accepted home method of oral hygiene known today. Over two years' research showed brushing teeth right after eating with Colgate Dental Cream helps stop more decay for more people than ever before reported in dentifrice history. The Colgate way stopped tooth decay best. No other dentifrice, ammoniated or not, offers such conclusive proof. And you should know that Colgate's, while not mentioned by name, was the only toothpaste used in the research on tooth decay recently reported in Reader's Digest. So always follow the Colgate way to clean your breath while you clean your teeth. And stop tooth decay best. Brush your teeth with Colgate. Colgate Dental Cream. It cleans your breath. Water toothpaste. While it cleans your teeth. And the Colgate way stops tooth decay best. Mr. Conklin seemed convinced that I didn't know a thing about business administration, and it looked like he was right. I had just about given up on the biggest deal of my life, 200 pounds of prime biology teacher. <laughs> when lunch period came, I must have looked pretty down in the mouth as I entered the school cafeteria. Get it up, Miss Brooks. Your chin is sweeping the floor. <laughs> oh, hello, Walter. I do feel a bit grim today. Well, suppose you sit down over here and tell our favorite pupil all about it. And that is, unless you're waiting for Mr. Boynton. No, he had to go down to the biology supply house. They're having a sale on used guinea pigs or something. <laughs> it shouldn't make you this depressed. Gosh, you look like you're just about to bawl. What's the cause of it? Well, I spent about ten minutes in Mr. Conklin's office this morning. Say no more. Here's my hanky. Mr. Conklin's the best cure I know for anybody who's got a slight case of cheerfulness Not so loud, Walter His daughter's about to join us Hello, Miss Brooks Walter Hello, Harriet We were just chatting about your daddy Yeah, why isn't the old... Why isn't he in the cafeteria today? I brought a sandwich to his office He's calling the various oil companies to see if he can't beat the price raise it seems fuel oil for our furnace at home has gone up three cents a gallon. Daddy has a big problem with oil every winter. We have a big problem with Daddy every winter. 
You probably don't know anything about this, Harriet, but I've been hoping your father would appoint me as instructor in business administration. He did mention something about the course, Miss Brooks, but he hasn't said who's going to teach it. So you might as well keep hoping. I'm going to get myself some dessert. Can I bring you something, Miss Brooks? No, thanks, dear. I'm pretty full. I've been biting my lips all morning. Watch out, Miss Brooks. Things could always be worse. See you later, Walter. Okay, pigeon. Now then, Miss Brooks, give me your undivided attention. You've got it, Walter. While you and Harriet were yakking it up, I was thinking... If Mr. Conklin could get the oil he wants for his furnace not only three cents cheaper, but nine cents below the current price, and if this transaction was put over by you, he'd consider that you had a pretty good business head on your shoulders. Well, I guess he would be. Instead of thinking what he thinks now, that it's just a bunch of pretty auburn hair clinging to a vacant bulb. Now, just a minute, Walter. Please, I'm not finished. It so happens that my dad has a good pal in the Ajax Oil Company, and we get all our fuel wholesale. Now, there's no reason why I can't get some for you to give to Mr. Conklin, thus helping you wrap up the job you want. Walter, I'd like to take this opportunity to apologize here and now for everything I've ever thought about you. This is a great idea. Thank you. Uh, We'll get the oil to Mr. Conklin's home right after school. But... There's one question I'd like to ask you, Miss Brooks. Why are you so anxious to take on the added duties of another course? I can answer that in two simple words, Walter. Philip Boynton. I'm glad you got home from school early today, Daddy. But why did we come down here to the basement? I wanted to show you our new furnace, Harriet. It was installed just ten minutes ago. But what's this pink ribbon tied on it for? And what's this card on top of it? It's a little surprise for your mother. Read the card, Harriet. Let's see. It says, To my loving wife, Martha. Happy Lincoln's birthday, darling, from your Osgood. You bought mother a furnace for Lincoln's birthday? Nothing's too good for your mother, Harriet. (laughs) Besides, it's my way of making up for Christmas. I got the feeling that your mother was not too delighted with the gift she received from me at that time. I can't understand it. It was a lovely case of club soda. (laughs) Daddy, Mother was expecting a fur coat this winter. Then she should be doubly pleased. A furnace is even warmer than a fur coat. Especially this brand-new forced air furnace. It uses gas and a blower system. And all it requires is for me to flip open a vent and presto, any room I'm in is full of hot air. No comment, Daddy. with that oil drum, Walter. I don't want Mr. Conklin to know we're in his basement. Well, I still don't see why we didn't just roll the drum up to his front door. Because I want to surprise him. We'll pour the oil right into the furnace. Then, when he can't understand how he's getting heat without having bought any oil, I'll flash this bill from the Ajax company showing that I've beaten the current price by nine cents. I get it. And then when Mr. Conklin reacts according to plan, he'll put you in charge of the business administration course. Mr. Boynton will admire your energy and diversified talents. And before you know it, you'll be married and have nine children like his Aunt Maddie. 
Walter, have you been drinking this oil? <laughs> uh, Miss Enright, you're coming to my home on your own time to discuss our new business administration course has made quite an impression on me. Thank you, Mr. Conklin. But I've always been a firm believer in the old adage, don't put off until tomorrow what you can do today. My sentiments exactly. Now, if you'll just give me your coat, we'll sit down in the living room and chat for a while. Oh, I think I'll keep my coat on, Mr. Conklin. I feel a bit chilly. Oh, as you wish. Mrs. Conklin is out shopping at the moment, but when she comes back, she'll fix a bit of tea for us. I can't wait to see her face when she discovers her gift. Oh? What did you buy for Mrs. Conklin? In honor of Lincoln's birthday, I bought her a brand new furnace. <laughs> I haven't used it as yet, but I think I'll turn it on right now. Yeah, oh, oh, excuse me, Miss Enright. I'll see who's at the door. Oh, oh, it's you, Miss Brooks. Yes, sir. I came by to discuss that new teaching job. But I've just about decided on Miss Enright for that position, Miss Brooks. Please, sir, what I have to tell you may change that decision. I'll just take a few moments of your time. Uh, very well, then. Come in. Come in. Now, uh, please be brief, Miss Brooks. Miss Enright and I have many matters to discuss. Yes, sir. Oh, hello, Miss Enright. Hello, Miss Brooks. Did you come by to show me what a good loser you are? I'll deal with you when you slither into school tomorrow. <laughs> right now, I've got some business with Mr. Conklin. You see, sir, I've always been a firm believer in the old adage, don't put off until tomorrow what you can do today. A salty cliché, if I ever heard one. <laughs> Please come to the point. Yes, sir. Mr. Conklin, what would you say if I told you that I was going to put $8.95 into your pocket this minute? I'd say sit down, Miss Brooks. <laughs> Mr. Conklin, I'm going to put $8.95 into your pocket this minute. Sit down, Miss Brooks. Thank you. <laughs> now, in this transaction... Pardon me, but isn't it awfully chilly in here? For once, we're on the same side. It might be a very jolly thought to turn on your furnace, Mr. Conklin, and burn some nice, cheap oil. <laughs> I don't have any oil in my furnace. However, if you ladies are cold, I should be happy Excuse to... Excuse me, Daddy, but I've got to talk to Miss Brooks privately right away. Will you kindly step out into the hall with me, Miss Brooks? Harriet, you know my house rules about disturbing adult conversations? It's terribly personal, Daddy, and it'll just take a second. Sounds important, Harriet. I'll be right back, Mr. Conklin. Meanwhile, I'm sure Miss Enright can regale you with some brilliant yakety-yak. It's happened, Miss Brooks. Daddy's done the worst possible thing that could happen. He signed on for another year at Madison High? <laughs> no, he bought Mother a furnace for a Lincoln's birthday gift. He must have gotten his rebate on the club soda bottles. <laughs> you don't understand. I just saw Walter Denton in the basement. He was washing his hands in the sink down there. Sounds like a reasonable place. <laughs> He told me you put oil in the furnace. That's right, to surprise your father. You'll surprise him, all right. He bought a gas-operated forced air furnace. <laughs> what? Oh, this is terrible. We've got to work fast, Harriet. You run down to the basement and tell Walter to get some tubing and siphon that oil out of the furnace at once. Okay, Miss Brooks. And you go on in and keep Daddy's mind occupied so he doesn't turn it on until I come back with the all clear. All right, Harriet. Now, for heaven's sakes, hurry. I'm dashing this minute. Good luck, Miss Brooks. I'll need it. 
Well, Miss Brooks, has my daughter concluded her personal business with you? Yes, sir. It was nothing, really. Uh, now then, about this business transaction of yours. Boy, uh, it's sure hot in here. <laughs> hot? I'm terribly warm. Do your lips always turn blue when you're warm? <laughs> I'm still shivering, Mr. Conklin. Well, I've got high blood pressure, so I'm usually warmer than the average person, but I'll turn the heat up if you want me to, Miss Enright. No! <laughs> I mean, why turn on the heat? Too much heat isn't... isn't... <laughs> healthy. Bless you, darling. I must have sat in a hot draft. <laughs> now, about the $8.95 I saved you, Mr. Conklin... Oh, excuse me one moment. I'm going to see if my new thermostat is accurate. I want everything to be just right when Mrs. Conklin comes home. First, I'll open the large vent in this wall. Now, we'll just set this thermostat for 76 degrees. That should get the furnace going rather quickly. Oh, it can't warm up quickly enough for me. It can for me. Excuse me, Mr. Conklin. Uh, where are you going, Miss Brooks? Into the coat closet. I have a roll of film that needs developing. <laughs> oh, stop that idiotic jabber, and let's get down to cases now. Perhaps we should set the thermostat up to 80 or so, then the furnace will really get going. Here, I'll do it. But, Miss Enright, It's all I... right, it's all right, Miss Brooks. I want to see how the new furnace reacts. Here, I'll turn it up to 85 degrees. <laughs> ah, yeah, now, now it's starting. Listen to the lovely sound of that nice hot air scurrying up the pipe. Here, here, I'll turn it off. I'll turn it off. Oh. Oh, my suit. Oh, my dress. Oh, my neck. What happened to my brand new furnace? This entire room is full of oil. What do we do? Well, we could toss a giant salad. <laughs> But I guess the only practical suggestion is to clean it up. Something must have gone wrong when I... Holy cow! What are you people doing in here? Rehearsing for a minstrel show? <laughs> you guessed it, Walter. And I don't know about anybody else, but if the interlocutor will excuse me, I, for one, am going to pick up my tambourine and beat it. <laughs> Returns in just a moment. But first, men, does your face do a slow burn every time you shave? Then it's time you heard the good news about smoother, more comfortable shaves, the Palm Olive Shaving Cream Way. That's right, smoother, more comfortable shaves. And men, only Palm Olive, no other shaving cream, offers you real proof, not just promises, of smoother, more comfortable shaves. For the new Palm Olive Shaving Cream Way gets beards really soft. And it provides a protective film that actually floats your razor's cutting edge. Yes, even in cold or hard water, you get a clean, close shave every time. Super smooth, super comfortable. Over 2,500 men tested palm olive shaving creams thoroughly. They followed the simple directions on the tube. And no matter how they shaved before, three out of four reported beards easier to cut, less razor pull, 
more comfortable, actually smoother shaves. Get Palmolive shaving cream, lather, or brushless. See if you don't get that super smooth, super comfortable, free and easy shave you've always wanted. You owe it to your face to try Palmolive lather or brushless. Remember, only Palmolive, no other shaving cream, offers you proof of smoother, more comfortable shaves. And now, once again, here is our Miss Brooks. Well, Walter Denton was just about to spill the beans to Mr. Conklin about my part in the great oil scandal, when luckily I managed to catch his eye. And through some magical current that seemed to flow between us, his lips were suddenly sealed. Then I took my knuckles out of his mouth, and we cleaned up the living room. <laughs> After that, Walter took me home, and when we got to the door, he said, Gosh, Miss Brooks... Do you think you may still get a crack at that business administration course? I don't know about the business, business administration, Walter, but if he finds out about today, it's a cinch we'll both get the business. This is Burns reminding you to tune in next week to another Our Miss Brooks show brought to you by Palmolive Shave Cream for a smoother, more comfortable way to shave and Colgate Dental Cream to clean your breath while you clean your teeth and help stop tooth decay. Our Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden, is produced by Larry Burns, written by Al Lewis with the music of Wilbur Hatch. Be sure to listen to Mr. and Mrs. North every Tuesday night on this same station and be with us again next week at the same time for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Bob Lamont speaking. This program was transcribed. Stay tuned now for Jack Benny. Thank you for listening. I hope you'll be with me next week as I uncover more gems from the golden age of radio. Thanks to Paul Stringer and Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a wonderful weekend. Well, thank you and welcome to the show. I'm looking forward to hearing that familiar drawl of James Stewart as he finds adventure in the Old West as Brit Plontet a guy known for having one of the quickest draws in gun battles and indeed was referred to as the six-shooter himself. Tonight we hear the story of Aunt Emma. In a moment you'll hear James Stewart as the six-shooter, just one of many fine programs brought to you each week on NBC. Tomorrow night, there's top comedy entertainment with the Bob Hope Show, the Phil Harris, Alice Faye Show, and Can You Top This with Senator Ford. Bob Hope delivers rapid-fire comedy routines, while Phil Harris and Alice Faye bring both mirth and music. It's a great Friday night lineup of comedy programs, all of them heard only on NBC. James Stewart as the Six Shooter. saddle is angular and long-legged. His skin is sun-dyed brown. The gun in his holster is gray steel and rainbow mother of pearl, its handle unmarked. People call them both the Six Shooter. The NBC Radio Network presents James Stewart as the Six Shooter. 
a transcribed series of radio dramas based on the life of Britt Ponsett, the Texas plainsman who wandered through the Western territories, leaving behind a trail of still-remembered legends. This was my first trip into Powder Creek for, oh, oh, three months, I suppose. Working the spring roundup for Bar Y had been keeping me pretty busy, and there hadn't been any special reason for coming to town, but I figured it was about time to make an appearance. Scar's saddle was showing a lot of wear and tear, and, well, my own outfit didn't exactly look like it. It had just arrived fresh from the mail order house. My pants were getting a little thin around the seat, and there was a pretty big hole in the sleeve of my jacket. I'd tried to patch it up, but I hadn't done a very good job. So I left Scar at the livery stable and headed over to Ethan Green River's general store. I am getting another jacket, a new pair of breeches, shirt or two. And I'd probably be able to find out what's been going on in the town while I was at it. Ethan usually managed to keep up on the latest Powder Creek happenings. Well, the store hadn't changed much. Everything seemed to be about the same. And Ethan, he hadn't changed much either. He must be almost 65 by now. He sure didn't look that old, though. Standing there by the pickle barrel... Munching on a great big fat juicy dill. Howdy, Ethan. Well, well, well. I've been wondering when you was going to honor us with your presence, Britt. That's all. Yes, sir. I was remarking about you just this morning. Told Miss Bennett when she come in to get some yardage for a new dress. I said to Miss Bennett about time for the six shooter to be coming into town. He sort of overdue, I said. Overdue? Uh, what are you talking about, Ethan? Well, there's milk for you, for one thing. Letter. Uh, somebody in uh, Topeka, Kansas, from the looks of the envelope. Oh, must be from Aunt Emma. She lives in Topeka. Oh, she does, eh? Well, here you are, Britt. Thanks. According to the postal rules, I should have sent it back when you didn't show up, but I figured I could stretch your point. <laughs> well, ain't you going to read it? Oh, oh, sure, sure. Oh, my. Oh, that pickle sure is bitter. Right. Must have got too much vinegar in this batch. Hang on. You know, it's true that I ain't very fond of dills anyhow. Don't know why I keep on eating them. Holy smoke. Hmm? Something the matter, Britt? Holy. Oh, it's a letter from Aunt Emma. She's, she's, she's coming out here to Powder Creek. Oh, going to pay you a little visit, huh? Now, ain't that nice? No, it's more than just a visit, Ethan. Oh? No, no, she's figuring on settling down here. Well. She, she aims to make this her home. Uh-huh, well, it's... There's lots worse places a body can live. No, no, but she expects me to live with her. She's, she says she's going to keep house for me. Well, Holy no, that's real considerate of her. Real considerate. No, indeed. no, but I appreciate her, her wanting to look after me, but well, doggone it, Ethan. Now, you know I couldn't settle down, not permanently. I'm used to traveling around and living alone and bunking wherever my fancy strikes. You know yeah, that. sure, but... Uh... Uh, maybe it's good for you to take root someplace, huh? You you know what they say, Britt. Rolling stone gathers no moss. Living alone does have its disadvantages. Oh, you know? well, now, you're a fine one to talk. Well. I haven't noticed you making any effort to acquire a family. Oh, now, look here. I'm a lot older than you are. Too old to change my ways. But you're still a young buck. You ought to be sort of a pliable like. Yes, sir, I think you ought to take your hand up on this here off of her. You don't think anything of the kind, no, Ethan. You no, you do not. You're just trying to get my goat, that's all. No, that's all. I know you. I'm, well, I'll just write Aunt Emma tonight, and I'll thank her for what she wants to do for me. I 
But I'll just explain. I, that I'll, I'll just explain I, 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 to her and tell her. I, I hmm? kind of doubt that a letter would reach her in time to hit her off, Britt. What? Yeah, yeah. That one she sent you has been here for several weeks now. Oh, yes, well... Well, I guess I'll just send her a telegram, then. That line out of Powder Creek is still working. Isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Ain't been a single breakdown lately, not since them Apaches headed south back into their own territory. Yeah, well, that's what I'll do, then. I'll just telegraph her. Uh, well, I um, kind of doubt that a telegram would do much good, either. Huh? Seeing as how your A&M is already in Powder Creek. Yeah, well, I'll send her one, anyway. I, 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 what? <laughs> yes, she got here a week ago last Tuesday. Come in on the I uh, brung a whole load of furniture, too. Well, now, now hold on, Ethan. Now, you're not serious. You're joking. Well, no, I'm not. Just you take a stroll over to the old Mac Dennis house. You know, on the corner behind the bank? Uh-huh, yeah. Yes, sir. Your aunt rented the place right after she arrived. Must be all moved in by now. Well, I just don't know what to say. I understand she's got your room all fixed up waiting for you. My room? Well, that's what she's here for, ain't it? To look after you. Well, I don't need any looking after Well, maybe Ethan. not, maybe not, but it appears your Aunt Emma's got other ideas. Seems to be a real understanding lady, though. Says it's all right for you to keep Sky if your heart's set on it. Is to keep Sky? What? Well, she probably don't care much for horses herself, you see. Now, you just listen to me, Ethan Green River. I'm not going to live here on that, what a... I mean, I never asked Aunt Emma to go to... She's... Shouldn't take it upon herself to, without my, with the, the old Mac Dennis house, you said. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, that's the one. Ain't very fancy, but from here on, it's uh, going to be home sweet home. Hey, Britt? Yeah, I'll just see about that. <laughs> Goodness sakes, how you've grown, Britt. Oh, now, now, Aunt Em, now, I, I had my full growth the last time you saw me. I, I was 25 years old. Well, now, it seems to me you've shot up some since then. <laughs> oh, not much flesh on you, though. Fact is, you're just plain skinny. Yeah, well, I reckon being so tall make me a little thinner than I really am, you know, sort well, of appear to be. father you know. was just as tall as you are, but... He must have been a good 20 pounds heavier. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Oh. Well, we'll put some flesh on those bones of yours. A couple of good home-cooked meals, and you'll start filling in. I, uh, yes, yes. You, uh, you like the house, Fritz? Uh, yes. It seems real comfortable. Well, I haven't quite finished unpacking yet, and some of the big pieces have got to be moved. I was waiting for you to give me a hand. Yes, I'll be glad to, Aunt Anne. Uh, your room's right over there if you uh, want to take a look at it. Oh, uh, well... So go on, Britt, go on. Oh, you needn't be afraid I fixed it up real frilly or anything like that. Oh, no, no, I wasn't worried about that. I... Well? Uh, oh, I... It looks fine. It's just fine. Just take a good feel of that bed. Hmm? Oh. Uh, now, I bet you don't get a soft mattress like that in the bunkhouse where you've been sleeping. Uh, yeah, no. No, we sure don't. Mm. I'm working on a patch quilt for it. Started before I left Kansas. Expect I'll have it finished up in a week or so. Well. Adam, <laughs> <clears throat> uh, uh, before you go too much trouble. Yes, Rick. Uh, you see, you see, I I didn't know you were coming to Powder Creek. Uh, yes, Mr. Green River told me you hadn't been in to pick up my letter. You must have been kind of surprised to find out I was already here. I was practically flabbergasted, yes. I, uh, 
Whatever made you decide to come west? I'll I tell you all about it while I'm fixing supper. Come on out in the kitchen. Uh, uh, yes, ma'am. Oh, shucks. I was going to have a real fancy meal for you first night in your new home, but you didn't give me enough warning. So I'll just have to warm up yesterday's pot roast, if that's all right. Oh, no, there's nothing I like better. Oh, there's some potatoes in that sack. Would you mind peeling a couple of them for me? No, not a bad, not bad. Right here. Here, now use this pan. Oh, oh the, yeah. the knife's in the drawer beside you. Oh, I see. oh no, one? not the butcher knife, oh. Chris. Here, now, this one. Oh, I see. That'll be better. Well, now, uh, about my coming to Powder Crisp, Rick. I, I just felt it was my bounded duty. You, ma'am? Well, you see, Carrie got married last February. Carrie? My youngest girl, your cousin Carrie. Oh, uh, oh, oh, cousin Carrie. She yeah. was almost 30. And I was beginning to wonder whether she'd ever get a... Well, she finally found herself a real nice man. Yes, he works for the Santa Fe Railroad Company. Oh, Got me a train ticket at half price. Uh-huh, is that so? Oh. Well, anyway, after she left home, that meant my family was all taken care of. My immediate family, that is. Uh-huh. And then I got to thinking about you, my only brother's son, all alone with nobody to look after you. Well, I've been getting along all right, Aunt Anne. Now, don't you try to tell me that. If ever I saw a man that needed a woman to take a hold of him, why, those clothes you're wearing are a disgrace. Oh, yes, these are. Well, I was going to buy some new ones today. Well, if they was washed and ironed and mended proper, you wouldn't be needing new clothes all the time. A wife, that's what you really ought to have. But I suppose you're like the rest of the punsets. Put off everything until the last minute. Mm, well, I... Oh, I going know. it alone is expensive, Fred. Oh, I'm not saying the two can live as cheap as one. And I don't want you to get the idea that I expect you to support me. Well, it's never even crossed my mind. Oh, indeed. I've still got some of the money your Uncle George left. And my boys both send me a little bit from time to time. <laughs> I don't imagine we'll have any finance problems, Bridget. Well, you see, Aunt Em, I'm signed up with the Bar Y, and I'm sorry, but I, I just can't very well stay on here in town with you. Well... There are other jobs besides wrenching. Well, it's about all I'm good for. Oh, fiddlesticks. I've had a talk with Mr. Allington at the bank. He says he'll give you a position the minute you say the word. Oh, for Pete's... Uh, me, what, in a, me work in a bank? Oh, no, Aunt Em, I... In a bank? I wouldn't know the first thing about it. Oh, well, now that don't seem to bother Mr. Allington. He was real pleased at the idea. Said it would probably cut down some of his losses, having you as an employee. Ooh, what's the matter, Britt? Oh, I'm sort of nick my finger a little bit. Nothing serious. Oh, here, here, you can use this piece of rag for a bandage. It's clean. Oh, no, Aunt You don't want to get blood poisoning, do oh, you? No, Go ahead all... now, tie it on. All right, all right, all right, all right. Then you'd better let me finish those potatoes. You're peeling them. There wouldn't be enough left to cook. Well, uh, you see, what I'm getting at, Aunt Em, is, well, I'm not the stay-and-put type of man. I'm sort of used to being on the move. You understand? Princess, it's high time you lit someplace. Oh, I've heard about you and that gun of yours all the way back to Kansas. It's a wonder to me you haven't been shot up half a dozen times by now. At least those stories folks tell are true. Well, the stories probably did some growing on their way east. I'll bet I know one thing you don't. They've even got a title for you back there. Oh? Mm-hmm. The Six Shooter. That's what they call you. No. As if the name of Ponset wasn't good enough. Oh, 
Well, don't you feel too bad about it, dear. After we live here in peace and quiet for a spell, everybody will forget all about those escapades of yours. Uh-huh. Now, Aunt Emma, there's just something I've got to explain to you, and I, I want you to understand that oh, I... Oh, ex- Chris. I know what you're trying to say. You think I'm making a big sacrifice in, in coming here and setting up a home for you. No, no, no. Not exactly. It's no sacrifice, no. Fred. No, indeed. And it's, it's not just a feeling of duty, either. The plain truth is, I... I wanted to come. Oh? It's kind of hard to put into words, but... Well, after George died, I still had the children to keep me busy. But now... Now there's no one. No one but you. I guess I'm the kind of person that just has to have somebody to worry over. Must be my nature. And I'm only 60, Brit. I ought to be able to run a house for a good 10 years yet. The Ponsets are long lived as a rule. Oh, sure, sure. So I. I just don't know what I'd have done if, if there hadn't been somebody I could be of use to. I guess you're kind of a godsend, Britt. It, it looks like I need you more than you need me. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I reckon we both need each other, Adam. about as well as could be expected that first night I stayed with Aunt Anna. I wasn't exactly what you'd call comfortable. The bed was too darn soft for one thing. And it wasn't easy getting used to having another person around all the time. Leastways, it, it wasn't easy getting used to Aunt Emma. Yeah. Oh, I I knew she had my best interest. Brett Ponset, you eat the rest of those turnips. They're good for you. And that... Oh, before I forget it, don't you think you ought to see about getting a haircut? It's hanging way down the back of your neck. And whenever she asked me to do something, well, I I sure didn't have any right to object. They were things that had to be done. And uh, a sack of flour, a spool of number 60 white thread, and some empty fruit jars. I think I'll put up some of that rhubarb out in the garden. Looks real nice to me. And as for the advice she gave me, well, it was probably good advice. Well worth listening to. I just don't see why you can't try working at the bank, Brit. If you don't take to it, you can always quit. I'm not saying that you have to keep on with it for the rest of your life. Well, after a week, I knew that I couldn't go on much farther, so... And when Dan Porterfield came in, I told him I'd be back to the ranch by the end of the month. But I sure didn't know how I was going to manage it. I just, uh, I just couldn't leave Aunt Em, not without hurting her. She, she just needed somebody like me to fuss over her. And, and, uh, there wasn't anyone else who seemed to fit the bill. At least nobody... At least... Nobody I could think of right offhand. Yeah. Here's the last of it, Britt. Coffee, salt, bacon, cook material. It's all in it. Yeah, that's all, Ethan. <laughs> I'll say one thing. You sure surprised me, Britt. I don't see why. Well, I do. I figured you wouldn't stay on with your aunt not more than two, three days at the very outside. <laughs> but by Jiminy, it's 
It's over a week now, ain't it? Oh, no, it hasn't been a week, but it... Oh, it couldn't be that long. Why, George, <laughs> it is a week, anyway. The time sure does fly when a man's contented and satisfied. Huh? Yeah. Ethan, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. You, you remember the other day when you first told me Aunt Emma was in town? Mm, sure. Well, sure. now, the, the truth of the matter is I was kind of upset. I... I didn't exactly welcome the idea. <laughs> it ain't no secret, Britt. I guess I know how I'd feel was I in your place. Well, that's just it, Ethan. I, I never realized what I've been missing all these years. What are you talking about? I want to tell you that I wouldn't give up living with Aunt Em for all the gold in California. In the first place, she's the finest cook that ever lived. Why, her hot biscuits alone are enough to make your mouth water, and that isn't the half of it. She takes care of all my clothes. You, know, I, I can put on a clean pair of socks every day if I have a mind to do it. No. A clean pair every single day if I want to. But the best part of it is that, that I'm not lonely anymore. Gosh, it sure is nice to have somebody to talk to and to play casino with in the evenings. Huh? Of course, I know none of this sounds appealing to you, Ethan, but... Gosh, I, I sure hope I never have to go back to living alone. Well, uh, see you later. Huh? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I'll be seeing you, Britt. Britt, you forgot to get a wick for the lamp. Oh, yes, guess it did. Well, it sort of slipped my mind. You sure aren't much good at remembering things. Oh, well, I'll go back uptown and pick one up. It'll only take Oh, never mind, never mind. We can do without until tomorrow. Better get your hands washed, son. Supper will be ready in a little bit. Yes, ma'am. Uh, by the way, I, I had a little chat with Ethan Green River this afternoon. Yes, nice. You know, he... I kind of feel sorry for him. He's he, living alone and nobody to care whether he comes or goes and all that. Well, by his own choice, I'm sure. Yeah, I just... Well, I... I was just thinking, maybe we could have him over to supper one night. Oh. Well, now, Britt, I'm not as young as I used to be, and getting on food for company, that, that's kind of an effort. Oh, but it wouldn't have to be anything special. And besides, it might be nice for you and Ethan to sort of get together, to sort of a little, get a little better acquainted. And... You don't think I'd so much as look at another man after your Uncle George, do you? I'm surprised. Oh, no, no, I, I didn't mean anything like that. Well, um, I should hope not. Oh, no, 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 no. No, the fact is, Ethan is kind of spoken for in a way. You don't say. Oh, yes, oh, yes, yes. Maud Hinsdale, she's got her eye on him. Hinsdale? Hinsdale, yes. You know, the soprano in the church choir, the screechy one. Oh. Oh, yes, yes. yes. Come to think of it, somebody was telling me Maud was sort of worried about you when you first showed up. She was afraid another widow might give her some competition for Ethan. And she's been having trouble enough landing him as it is, you know. <laughs> she needn't have concerned herself. Oh, she's not concerned now. Uh, not that she's seen you. What? No, at least that's the story I got. I... Well... For Maud Hinsdale's information, I've had plenty of chances to remarry since your uncle passed on. Oh, sure you have, Annie. I'm sure you have. And now that you mention it, tomorrow night might be a very good time to have Mr. Green River over for supper. I was planning on chicken and dumplings, and there'll be plenty for three. Well, now, you're sure you it won't mean too much work for you? Oh, it's a little work, Britt. 
this is your home as much as it is mine. Your friends are always welcome. Oh, fine, fine. That's, that's real generous of you. I won't be able to eat again for a month of Sundays, Miss Bancroft. That's all there is to it. Oh, now, Mr. Greenleaf. Yes, There's another whole apple pie we haven't even touched. Uh, I thought with two strong, healthy men like you, one pie wouldn't be near enough. Oh, no, please, not another mouthful. Oh, well, uh, if you're absolutely certain I can't tempt you tomorrow at anything, I guess I might as well clear uh, off the table. Uh, can I help you, Anne Am? By Fritz. You know I don't like anybody in my kitchen. You two just go in the parlor and enjoy yourself. I'll be long in a minute. Uh, yes, Sir Britt. You wasn't exaggerating one little bit. That aunt of yours is just about the finest cook I ever come across. Well, it's my nice of you to say that, Ethan, considering that this is just a sort of a plain, ordinary, run-of-the-mill supper. It's about like what we get every night. No. Oh, yes, oh, yes. Sunday dinner. Now, there... That's when she really puts herself out. Oh, dear. Oh, yes, that's Sunday. Well, see, uh, you don't suppose you can manage to get me an invite to one of her Sunday meals, do you, Britt? Mm, I don't know. Oh, no, no, look, Britt, I, I'd sure appreciate it. I, yeah, I, well, I can't promise anything, but I'll do my best. I'll do my best. Well, for the next ten days or so, Ethan was practically a steady boarder at Aunt Emma's. And he sure did put it away, too. Aunt Emma didn't seem to mind. She said she liked to see a man enjoy his food, and Ethan more than obliged her. I tried to leave them alone as often as I could, but as far as I could tell, their friendship just didn't seem to be progressing past the dining room table. Uh, looked like I'd just have to sort of give... Ethan a little touch of spur. So, one evening after Bear Ripped and Sauerkraut, while Aunt Em was out in the kitchen doing the dishes... Oh, you gotta let my belt out another notch. That's all there is to it. Uh, uh, uh Ethan. Yeah? Uh, uh, there's something I've been meaning to ask you. Go right ahead, Bruce. Well, now, you know I'm Aunt Emma's only relative. Uh-huh. In Powder Creek, that is. Yeah. Uh... She's sort of my responsibility. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, what I'm getting at is your intentions. My what? Your, your intentions about Emma. Oh, 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 I, I see what you're driving at now, Britt. Uh, well, you don't have anything to worry about. I don't? No, no. I, I won't deny I'm real fond of Emma, and it's more than just a cooking, too. Under other circumstances, well, I, I might even consider asking her to marry me. Other circumstances? Yeah, well, you, you, you told me how you'd feel if anything happened to upset this little home you've got here, and I'd be the last man in the world to cause you any misery, Brett. Why, you're one of my closest friends. Now, now, just hold on here a minute. Now, Ethan. look, but you can take my word for it. You and Emma can live on here together just as long as you've a mind to, and I won't do a thing to interfere. But I'd like you to interfere. Huh? I... If, if you want to marry Aunt Emma... And she wants to marry you, you'd be doing me a favor. No. No, Britt. I just won't let you make such a sacrifice. A sacrifice? Yes, that's just what it is. A sacrifice. All right, Ethan. You can believe whatever you like, but I've made up my mind. I'm not staying here in Powder Creek. 
I'm heading back to the bar Y the first thing in the morning, and after I'm gone, Aunt Em will be all alone here, all alone, unless you plan to do something about it. Well, I guess I really wouldn't have gone through with it, leaving Aunt Em, I mean. But I was pretty sure that Ethan really liked her. And all he needed was a little prod. Well, uh, a big prod. Anyhow, I got Scar out of the barn and rode around for an hour or so. But when I came back to the house, Ethan's buggy was gone. Oh. Uh, he was maybe... Maybe he hadn't proposed at all, or maybe she turned him down. Huh? Well, only one way to find out, and that's go inside. What happened to you, Briggs? Oh, well, I, I just wanted to give Scar a chance to stretch his legs. Oh. Mm -hmm. I thought maybe you were giving Ethan a chance to propose to me. Uh, oh, he asked you to marry him? That was the general idea. I see. Uh, you uh, turned him down, huh? Is that what you thought I'd do? Well, I was afraid you were, I mean, I, I... I figured you'd be worried about what would happen to me. That was all. I... I'm not the least bit worried about what'll happen to you, Britt Ponsett. Why? Why, I've known since the first week you moved in here that it just wouldn't work out. It's clear as day that you and that horse of yours aren't going to be happy unless you're roving around somewhere, bedding down without a roof over your head. Oh, I saw those blankets of yours on the floor. I know how you've been sleeping. Well, I... Yes. I... It appears to me that there are some men who take to being looked after and cared for, and there are some who just don't. Huh. That's why I agreed to marry Ethan. You accepted him? Of course I did. <sighs> He's the kind of man who'll take to being looked after. Well, I hope you're right, Aunt Em. I sure hope you're right. And you know she was? She was 100% right? Why, the next time I came through Powder Creek to visit Aunt Em and, and uh, Uncle Ethan, well, well, sir, he was just about the most married man I ever saw. And so help me, he seemed to enjoy it, too. Oh. Of course, maybe when I'm his age, uh, well, well, I guess I don't need to start worrying about it now. Six Shooters, a transcribed NBC Radio Network production in association with Review Productions. It is based on a character created by Frank Burt and is written by him. Mr. Stewart may currently be seen in the Universal International picture, The Glenn Miller Story. Others in the cast were Eleanor Audley and William Johnstone. Special music for this program was by Basil Adlam, and the entire production is under the direction of Jack Johnstone. All characters and incidents were fictitious, and any resemblance to actual characters or incidents is purely coincidental. Stay tuned now for Our Miss Brooks, next on Theater of the Mind. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.